This is the Glitch Panopticon Season 1 Chapter 10. In this episode, we will be talking about the bigger picture and answering a complicated question. How do the pieces fit together? How does, how to create a glitch in the matrix, fit into the Glitch Panopticon? And how to create a glitch in the matrix monologues, the full episodes which can still be found on Podbean's app, the longer episodes available wherever you get your podcasts, we talked about how the structure of reality is segregated into affirmatory and negating impulses. We talked about how any impulses which exist but are negated are responded to by others within affirmatory narratives. This means that by segregating our impulses into binary options, where they exist, they are affirmed, where they are absent, they remain. Now, this principle was used to explain how identity appears to have a kind of binary interface. But, and this is the main gist of this episode, that binary segregation is the product of the panopticon, the artificial reality projected upon us by the system. So what is the system? Imagine for a second that every computation which takes place in a computer must be reflected in the organization of the masses. Imagine for a second that computers do not reflect some materialistic conception of reality, but rather are a microcosm of our own intellect projected onto the immaterial. In other words, in one of the monologues, we talked about how every computation must ultimately be reflected in some other reality as a form of mechanical computation. But and this is the larger principle here, the organization of human society is delimited to the extent of our involvement with our machines, by the computations performed by those machines. A second set of principles must be added. Namely, that every computation is a reflection of the experiences of the person who conceived of the equations which made it possible. Thus, computation requires, a, mechanical reproduction in some other universe, b, experiential filtering, c, social replication. These three principles explain the hyperreality, the projection we experience as the panopticon. In other words, reality is not a pure simulation, it is the product of the intersection of computation with social organization, within the intersection of many worlds. The next point I'd like to make is with regards to the manner by which this manifests in our personal experience. In fact, when we talk about archetypal alignments, about convergence and divergence, of archetypal constellations, as a construction, we are missing the essential point. That point is that the union between people is a true union. Bodies are mere happenstance, our minds produce convergences, which generate overlap in consciousness. Since we know appearance in the panopticon is synthetic and malleable, we know that it is consciousness itself which determines and imbues appearance. This means that I may be living in one place, but to the extent my consciousness overlaps with some other, a part of me lives there too. The appearance I recognize is the one which I project, not the physical form of some spatially localized body. The preservation of linear consciousness is a mere artifact of the coincident boundaries of our minds. If we escape those boundaries we may experience things which were meant for another. Or, we may switch, from one artificial cell to another. And in between them, the hidden hand works its magic, the organizations of those beyond the panopticon who preserve the continuity of linear experience although it is indeed truly a facade. So it is not false for me to say that all Israeli news is filmed in Russia. Nor is it false for me to say the world is flat. For in between such linear spaces is the possibility of abstraction, which may permit visions of some other place. Let me give you an example. Suppose you are seated in your vehicle. Supposing for a second that some old woman angrily slams her door into the side of your vehicle while getting in hers. Suppose you think this is funny. Suppose that then, she backs up and some other parks in her place. This new person looks at the dent in your car and laughs. But how did he know that the old lady did it? How did he know when he couldn't have seen it? Indeed outside the panopticon there is unity of consciousness. There is only one other with many faces. Beyond the panopticon the old lady knows what the new driver knows. And they all know she slammed her door into your car to damage it on purpose. 
but suppose for a second you saw him smile when he saw the dent. And suppose that you pieced it together. How could he know? Unless they are all unified in mind though not in body. And in that moment you realize there is no other like you. And all of them are mere automatons of some larger consciousness. And in that realization does linear experience fade. Continuity must be restored. So, before you have a chance to look at the dent, miraculously, it's gone. How did this happen? Quite easily actually. Since linear consciousness is an illusion, and you realized it, it was merely trivial for someone else to take your car and repair it before your consciousness could return to itself. And this is the lesson. If linear continuity is an illusion. Linear consciousness. If all those other people out there are one consciousness in many bodies. Then there are no rules of continuity. There are no issues with such deviances. It is perfectly reasonable for just about anything to happen in between the moments of our linear stream. And in fact, just about anything does happen. For in those spaces, are people living free of contingency, in places of dream or fantasy. And what would you do with such fantasies? And so, I conclude this episode by asking you. Haven't you ever seen something that seemed impossible, but was only so limited by a linear mind? What if those rules did not apply to you or anyone else? What if there is no linear continuity? No time which cannot be bent or even twisted upon itself? That's the end of the podcast for today. If you enjoyed it, please like, comment and subscribe.